The American, Chapter 11, by Matthew C. McLean, A Shorthand Missile Tale. Sophie was waiting for me at our apartment, past the subway tiles and broken elevator. The yellow sandwich board now knocked to the floor, teetering dangerously on that precipice. I ignored it and went up the stairs. As I hung my coat on the hat rack, I could hear her humming tunelessly from the tiny kitchen. The sound of whisking that accompanied her music told me she was cooking. I had learned from living with her in Venice and now in France that Sophie usually cooked when she was very happy, very sad, or very conflicted. That didn't help me plan my approach much, though. Sophie was usually one of these things. I stood in the doorway of the kitchen, leaning against its frame, watching her dance minutely in front of the stove. She was wearing a nearly imperceptible camisole and a pair of my boxers, the bumblegum stripes of her scars shifting with her tempo as she moved. Watching the muscles of her back, I felt a desire rise in me and I let it, even as I knew I wouldn't act on it. Verdicchio's knife work had cut something out of Sophie that had left her sensitive to anything but the softest of touches. And just thinking about making love to Sophie made me feel ashamed for wanting a woman other than Cheryl. But it was good to feel something warm that wasn't anger. So I stood there with it for a little while. I stepped into the kitchen, my bulk making it feel even smaller, and said, Hi. Sophie turned to me with a welcoming smile and paused in her whisking. She twittered something in French or Italian then that I didn't catch, still in my appetence, watching the rose of her lips move. The delicious odor of whatever she was cooking brought me back to earth with a stomach rumble. Uh, sorry, what? Sophie gave me an annoyed look that was a mirror of Cheryl and probably all women everywhere when their domestic partners weren't paying attention. With one corner of her mouth downturned in a perfectly mocking way, she repeated herself. I asked how was work, poverino. Uncertain of what to say, I suddenly felt like the small child she called me. I mumbled a bit, running a hand over my stubbled skull. and a movement only announced by the air she cut through, Sophie stood in front of me to slightly slap me on the shoulder with a large spoon. Stop, she said a short command reinforced by a disapproving frown. I used the excuse of her play violence to recoil. Stop, stop what? Stop worrying. She stepped closer, placing a reassuring hand on where she had just tapped me. You are in your home with a woman who needs no protection. The softness of her hand brought up more conflicting feelings, but those were squashed by her words and the images they conjured. Sophie in white and red, a man at her feet bleeding to death, her knife buried in his neck. I straightened up and Sophie returned to the stove. The high roller that the Corsican mentioned came back to the casino. I described Mitnick with his well-dressed six feet, beard, and impossibly straight white teeth. He's in some kind of dispute with Satre. I started into the public humiliation that Satre had leveled on Mitnick when Sophie interrupted me. This has something to do with the girl. I don't know. Atwell is interested in what's happening, though. 
A petty jealousy caused me to watch Sophie more closely at this pronouncement. Her only reaction was a slight stiffening, radiating disapproval, as if she had found a hair in her food. And what does Il Patrono want? He wants me to find out what they're fighting about and settle it. My tone leveled out like a flat graph, charting how likely I thought that was. Leaving a pile of dishes and pots behind her for me to clean up later, Sophie came forward holding two plates. Still steaming, each was covered in pasta that was slick with a translucent sauce, sprinkled with tiny red peppers and mixed in with whatever meat or vegetables she had scrounged up. She held the plate with the largest amount of pasta towards me. When I took it, she said, Perhaps the girl in this dispute have something in common. Maybe. Sophie arched an eyebrow, nudging me on. The Corsican's friends who showed up at Simon's, when I asked them about how they found me, they pointed their finger at Mitnick. I indicated the Russian mobster with my own cocked finger. Belarusian, Cheryl's voice corrected me. The high roller that the boy was bothering. The same. Sent the other boys after you? That's what they said. Thought kept Sophie in place, holding a fork like a scepter, turning her into a playing card queen. This makes no sense. Not really. There was no room in the kitchen to sit and eat, so I walked into the den. I sat on the ancient couch, which bowed under my weight, both a testament to my mass as well as its decrepitude. I breathed in the smell of food as much for my own enjoyment as to show Sophie appreciation for her work. While I restrained myself from gorging, Sophie glided into the room, her plate in one hand, half a glass of white wine in the other. I forked a mass of pasta into my mouth and mumbled around it. I doubt the Corsican has much to do with Satre and Mitnick. I didn't know if Satre was Corsican, but if anyone was running the rackets in southern France, would have ties to that island, it'd be him. But a mixture of jealousy and protectiveness made me want to keep Sophie from anything Atwell was involved with. Sophie set down a paper note and slid it to me. Perhaps you could ask him. I flipped it over. It was a driver's handle with a ride-hailing company and its phone number. I never bothered the casino drivers with where they took any of the troublemakers. With this information, though, I could pick up a phone and ask. If my paranoia of being tracked didn't keep me from having a smartphone, I could do it without having to leave the couch. As it was, though, I'd need to find a payphone, an increasingly difficult task in the 21st century. Even with Atwell's negative bullshit hanging over how such a number had been obtained, it was still impressive that Sophie always managed to find such things. I put the number in my pocket and nodded. All right. 